Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete McDaddy Robertson. Hello. Wow, that was awesome. I forgot Junior. Junior. Sorry <laughs> about that. Man, it's been a few weeks since we recorded a live show. Don't tell our listeners that. So we had a couple episodes the last couple of weeks that were phenomenal. And uh, I know Pete wants to talk a little bit about a couple of those. And uh, we'll get into that here in a moment. But I just wanted to say it is so great to be back, Pete. It's uh, it's July. We're uh, doing live recordings, live shows. Well, not live, but, but you know yeah, what I mean. Right. Recording on Tuesdays, release on <laughs> Thursdays. And, um, you know, so I had a little vacation. Anything happened while I was gone on vacation? Yeah, there's a few things that happened. <laughs> We take a couple of weeks off and our, the whole world changes. Our world is in absolute oh, chaos right now. There's man, so much going oh, on. Man. So from the war in with Russia to our economy around the world, to inflation around the world, to chaos and pandemonium going on in the United States, yep. to Roe versus Wade federally being overturned, to you know, we should laws, talk about what that laws, means because there's a lot of misinformation out there about what what happened. I mean, it's just like if I mean, yeah, go ahead. I mean, but I'm just saying in general, <laughs> in general, what has been going on is people are there's they're anxious. The the pr- gas prices are high. Yep. The food prices are high. Housing prices. They're not making enough money to even support their family. Housing price. Everything is just going crazy and. You know, people are reeling, and and the truth of the matter is, is we're here to give you hope and to let you know that our God is a good God, and that He is He is there. He loves you. He cares for you. And in spite of the circumstances, in spite of everything that's happening, God will never leave you nor forsake you, and He will help get you through it. He just wants to know you and have a relationship with you, and He will always guide you and get you through whatever the chaos that's happening in the world. So anyway, that's my Amen. that's my my two cents. Our today. God is Crazy. an awesome God. He reigns. He does. But at the same time, I mean, we can talk about it because you know we're, today we're going to talk about light and darkness, and you know th- there is a lot of darkness that's that's hovering around the world. I mean, the Bible says that Satan is the god of this world, and and with comes with Satan is darkness, is evil. It's there's pain, there's agony, there's there's the absence of light, and um, one of those things that we saw that was the absence of light is is the killing of babies. I Amen. mean, to us that's evil. To the way that we interpret scripture and understand it is that at life. The, the baby is is conception. The baby is is life, and in the world, some doesn't see that. I mean, Bobby, if you want to explain, no, kind I of can, more of your thoughts on I, that. I think the Bible is very clear that life. Be, I mean, what other options are there? What I mean, what it's not a cucumber, right? It's not it's it's not a rabbit. It's yeah. it's a human life. Yeah, it's a jelly bean. It's a <laughs> yes, it's a jelly bean. <laughs> we'll explain that more in. in Maybe in a later episode, but kind of an inside joke there. Um, but so much, yeah, so much is going on. And, and you listen to the media and let's be honest. I mean, really what this decision was about, and, you know, th- this is my opinion. So what this decision was about was more about the 10th Amendment than anything else. Yeah. So you'll hear everybody saying, well, you know, abortions are illegal and all that. Honestly, babies in America aren't any safer today than they were two weeks ago. Although now the dis- now you're allowed to talk about it. So what Roe did 50 years ago was basically say, no, you can't talk about it, right? It created 
um, a, a made up figment um, right in our constitution that didn't exist. And uh, we have the 10th amendment for a reason. Yeah. And, and our constitution wasn't, it wasn't meant to cover every possible scenario. And the things that aren't covered in our constitution belong to us, um, the people of the states to determine how they want to live their lives by, you know, making laws in their own states. And something that Roe versus Wade did was kind of take that right away from us. So, you know, it, it's almost comical, Pete. I hear people saying, well, we want the government, you know, we want, <laughs> we want government out of our business. We don't want to make in these decisions. We don't want these nine judges making the decision. Well, that's exactly what they did. They gave the decision back to you, you know, and so the states they yeah. gave it back to the states. So, so I mean, that's what that's what really happened. I have I have great compassion for those that are that feel like this is horrible and that this shouldn't have been overturned and so forth. And the reason why I have compassion is I, I get it. I mean, they're trying to understand it's my rights. I should be able to do this. And, you know, they interpret things completely different. But at the same time, my heart and my voices, and I pray that people would see that there are so many people out there that cannot have babies. And instead of killing this baby, put it up for adoption. And there's other ways. There's, I get that you don't want to have the baby. I get that part. I understand that part. But there's a better alternative. There's a better option instead of you know killing it. And and I know that you, a lot of people have made themselves believe that it isn't a life, but a heartbeat is a life, no matter how you look at it. If it has a heartbeat, you know, and, you know, if it has hiccups, you know, and it's, you know, right. you know 20 weeks old, that, that it's a baby. And so we're just praying that um, we can show compassion on both sides. We're praying that, you know, the darkness would cease and we're praying that light would prevail. And we're praying that God's goodness would overwhelm every person that's involved in this. And Amen. so that's kind of where we're at. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, did you want to talk a little bit about last week's show on the, on, yeah. on the, Mormon, the Mormon show? Yeah. So we covered LDS, our, our LDS Mormons, Christians. And, and one of the things that I said was I was talking about how, which is, this is true. I was talking about how the LDS Mormons believe that, that Jesus is a separate God. The Holy Spirit is a separate God and, and um, God, the father is a separate God. There's three different gods. They believe in polytheism. They do not believe in the monotheism, which is, you know, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit are three. The Trinity is one. Um, and so one of the things I was talking about is that they believe that, you know, God became man and that he was a man. And then he became, he lived a good life. Then he went up and, and um, he became God. Well, that's not true. They do believe that um, he was God. They believe that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day as our, for our sins and salvation. He be they believe in that. Um, it's just what we were trying to do is it, to explain that they believe in a different Jesus than the Jesus that we understand to be in the Bible, how we interpret uh, God, the Father, God, the Son, Holy Spirit. So that's kind of where I was at. If you go back and you hear that, um, I just wanted to clarify that. And the other one was when we're talking about the King James versions, one of the things that we we made a big point on the show was to talk about the uh, how many times they 3900 times they've had to change the Book of Mormon, their doctrines of government. Um, they've had to change many times, but through the changes, some of them were like huge changes and they were like doctrinal changes. They were complete theological changes where they were, you know, at one point they believed that you know, Jesus or God was the three in one. They believed in Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but then they later changed to make them separate gods. So that's a huge change. 
And we made a point that why do they keep making these changes? Why do they have to keep adjusting to fit, you know, kind of the, the ideology or the yeah. profile of what's going on? So um, one thing I talked about is the King James version also had to change. And and at first I was, you know, I'm I I've heard one time that it was um, translated from the Latin Vulgate. That wasn't actually true. Um, it was translated. King James was translated from the Hebrew and the and the Greek um, from the original and, and a lot of that. But a lot of the what happened over the times when we got earlier manuscripts because they had a later manuscript when they translated the um, the the King James version and the earlier manuscripts showed some discrepancies. And so I just I want to very clarify what those discrepancies are. It's nothing like. Um, that of the Mormons. It's, it's, it's simple things. So there's 150 changes since 1611 to today. Um, they were composed of printing errors, spelling standardizations, and a few minor phrase changes. So in the Book of Mormon, what we were saying is that there's tons, 3,900 of major changes. The minor phrases, I'll just give us an example. Genesis 22, 7 says, and wood was changed to and the wood. So 22 verse seven says, and wood was changed to and the wood. So we added the. In Leviticus 11, three, it says, the cheweth cud was changed to cheweth the cud. So it's just a little bit was changed to help express, um, understand what it was being said. And the last one in the New Testament, it was Romans 6, 12. It says, rain therefore was changed to therefore rain. So it was just minor phrase changes. Nothing major was changed, but um, I just wanted to clarify that because we had a little talk and, and I didn't want anybody that listened to that to be confused. And so that's kind of where that was. Well, that's awesome, Pete. Yeah. Well, thanks for getting us caught back up there. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to share, you know, while we were gone, I my little girl turned 11 years old. So that's pretty crazy. Happy and, birthday, Sammy. Hey, Sammy. Happy birthday. <laughs> so she had an amazing time. We had a great birthday party and just lots of just lots of fun stuff. And Crystal and I, my wife, we're, we were just talking and we're like, can you imagine, you know, what our life would be like if we didn't have Samantha? Ooh. You're like, yeah, so you just kind of it just got me thinking, you know, how how much has my life changed since Ooh. I've known Samantha? Ooh. And here's here's where my mind went with that, Pete. I'm like, you know, it's changed because I spend time with her because I love her because I want to get to know her. You know, I want the best for her. And, I, you know, I think about my relationship with Christ. You know, how much have, has my life changed because of my relationship with Christ? And, you know, I, I just think it's important if we spend time with people, your life is going to be different because of that relationship. And I just want to encourage our listeners to to dive into their personal relationship with Christ because it will it will change uh, it, it will just change who you are in, in, in your direction. And then something else cool happened. I got a new, I got a new favorite song, Pete. Yeah. It's called be the moon Yeah, by Chris Tomlin. I guess it, it. it's been out about a year ago, Yeah, but guys check it out. Maybe we'll put a link on our Facebook page <laughs> in the comments so you can check it out. But, uh, and Chris Tomlin's not paying us any royalties for no. this, but it's just, it so, fits the topic we're on today. It does. And yeah. it's just, it's crazy how things like that happen. You know, a song that's been out a year just really, really touched my heart um, this weekend. And I'm like, man, it just, I can't stop listening to it. So check it out. Tell me what you think. And, uh, you know, watch it on YouTube. You can give them some extra, some extra views on that. I'm getting away this weekend. My wife and I are, are going to head to uh, Fort Myers, Bonita Springs and Beach Naples. Time. Yeah. And uh, it's my wife's birthday and our anniversary. So we're going to get away and just uh, get with Jesus and, and love on each other. And so we can't wait. 
So that's that's gonna awesome. Be fun. I hope you guys have an amazing trip. We will, I think. Unless, I mean, even no matter what, we're going to have a crazy trip. If you behave yourself, Mac Daddy, <laughs> you will have an amazing trip. Happy wife, happy life. Amen. What about that? Happy husband. What's yeah, that? There's got to be something I, for I that. I feel like we kind of got chipped on that one, but it's okay. It's okay. Our this, job is to serve our wives. That's it. So let's just do that well. Let's, uh, <laughs> hey, let's open up a prayer and then I'll read our opening right, statement and uh, we can jump back into the book of John. I'm excited. Amen. Father, we, uh, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity to talk about you, to, to dive into your word, to learn more about uh, light and darkness and uh, I am statements and all this amazing things that we're going to study as we, we listen to this dialogue that Jesus is having with the Pharisees, Father. Uh, this is going to be really cool. I ask you to just bless the show. Bless our listeners, Lord. Open up their hearts. Help them to receive what you have for them today. So. We give you the show now in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, Pete, it's been two weeks since we were in the book of John and that's yep. where we were picking up. Yeah. Last week's show, we talked a little bit about this and episode 86 was the show about the Mormons and you kind of did a little. Uh, yeah. Listen know, to little, it. If you haven't listened yeah. to it, go back. It's a really good show. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Episode 86. I know it's crazy. That means this is 87. Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. So. All right. So if you haven't listened, go back. Um, we highly encourage it. The week before that, in episode 85, that's the same year I graduated high school. Yeah, that's that's a, weird. Yeah, anyway, that shows how old Squirrel yeah. answered, we answered questions about heaven. We realized that I entered high school the next year or two years. Did ago. you? Yeah. Two oh, years you're such that. a baby. Yeah. A few years. Uh, now I lost track. Yeah. So anyway, questions about heaven. And uh, we realized that there are a lot of unknowns about heaven. So we decided to answer just a few of those questions for you. And I'm sure you guys have more. And if you do, Again, I'm going to point you to our Facebook page. Yeah, you know? I mean, a lot of people ask. They, I mean, I think we get the gist of heaven, but we kind of went into a little bit more details about heaven. So it was a good show. It was great. Very cool. And we'll probably do more on heaven, too, because there's so much we could talk about. Well, especially if we hear that. that there's interest about it. So yeah. yeah. So do that. All but right. this week, Pete, we're going to go back into John and uh, specifically chapter 8, verses 12 through 30. Okay. Uh, we will pick up the story uh, right after the woman. We, do you remember the story where the woman was caught in, caught in adultery? Yeah, I so remember that. You remember that story? Yeah. So we're going to pick up right where that left off. Okay. So starting in verse 12, uh, there's a crowd around Jesus. We open our reading today with this famous, I am the light of the world verse. Yeah. You know that one, right? Yeah, it's pretty famous. It, it is pretty famous. They wrote a song, Be the Moon or something by Chris Darwin. <laughs> oh, just about that. All right, go on. Uh, you guys need to you need to listen to that song or watch it on YouTube. He used this moment, Jesus, that is, uh, to let the crowd know that if they walk in his light, they will not walk in darkness. Then in verse 16, he talks about the true and false judgment. And the only true judge is God in heaven who believe in him, oh, who sent him. Then yeah. in verses 21 through, through 30, Jesus turns his conversation to life and death. He mm. tells them in verse 21 that if they do not believe in him, they will die in their sins. The religious leaders kept asking Jesus, who are you mm. and where do you come from? Mm. Jesus has to keep has to keep repeating himself over and over and over and over again because yeah. they can they don't listen. They just can't hear. Him. Yeah. But they don't. It's because they don't know him. Yeah. I mean, they're bringing in, I mean, life and death when he's talking about that, you're going to die in your sins. I mean, he's like, he's telling these Pharisees straight up, listen, you're, you're saying that you're religious and all this stuff, but if you don't believe in me, 
you're going to die. You're going to die right where you're at. You're in sin. And that's I just mean, slapping them right in the face, their religious face, right? But I mean, just, I mean, think about it, the Mr. Pastor or, hey, Mr. You know, leader that you've been in church for all your life and you're this and that, but you're, you don't know Jesus intimately. You're going to die in your sins. Yeah. You know about religion. You get all of the things about who God is and all of this, but you don't know him intimately. That's what he's talking about here. Not much has changed. No, it's crazy. It is. Yeah, it is. All right, let's get it's, into it. All right. ESV, we're going to be in John 8, verses 12 through 20. Go in the ESV. So if you want to turn there and follow us, let's roll. You ready? Yep. All right. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisee said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet, even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. That's a pretty good second witness. Yeah. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not come. So he said to them again, that's it. I am going away. Oh, you want me to stop? Yeah. yeah stop so at 20. 20. Man, yeah. I was going to go all the way to 30. I know. I was on a roll, Pete. No, let's break it up. All that right. was good. <laughs> all right. So in John 6, 35, we read Jesus's first I am statement. He said, I am the bread of life. Here in verse 12 is where he says his second I am statement. He says, I am the light of the world. There are a total of seven of these I am statements in the book of John. The third is in John 10, 7. It says, I am the door of the sheep. Then in eleven twenty five, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And then in John 10, 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. I love that. And then John 14, 6, this is very famous. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And lastly, John 15, 1, he says, I am the true vine. Seven I am statements, Pete. Yeah, I mean, it's... It Again, this is God, Jesus, claiming to be I am, claiming to be God. You know, it wasn't by accident that Moses, when he showed up at the burning bush, asked, who do I say is sending me? And, and God says, I am. I believe that uh, Jesus, it was a Christophany. I believe that if you read that, that, that um, in Genesis, it, you read that, it actually says that, the, you know, there was a person standing in the burning bush, the fire. So, you know, it's someone talking to God. It's God talking to him saying, I am. And so, you know, this could be, you know, Jesus, the Christophany. Here he is again saying the exact same mm -hmm. things. These Pharisees knew that verse very well. And so here is God saying straight up, I am. They know what he's saying. He knows what he's doing. And, um, you know, and, and again, John is given illustrations of, you know, he's given all of that stuff that took place in the past to help them to understand that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of that. Um, but, you know, seven signs is a big deal in the, in the Bible. You know, whenever you see the seven, you know, we see it, you know, in John and we see it in other places, 
There are, there are patterns throughout all of the Bible. If we did a, just a, a study just on that, we would find it everywhere. Seven, seven, everywhere. And uh, so seven is symbolic in ancient Near Eastern and Israel culture and literature. So, you know, it's actually commuted as a sense of fullness or completeness. So a sign of completeness. So anytime you see seven, it's just a sign of completeness. Um, but here, so Jesus gives us seven I am. He's basically saying it is complete now. I am the bread of life. I am the light. I am the door of the sheep. I am the resurrection of the life. I am the way. I am the truth. You know, I, and lastly, I am the true vine. You know, and if we know, we'll get into that when we get into John Vine. But if you if you remain in me and, and apart from me, you could do nothing. You could bear fruit. But if you remain in him. So I just mess it up. But, yeah, you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. You know, what just struck me while you were saying that. I'm like, what if somebody's listening to our show for the first time, Pete, and they just heard they just heard you say that Moses was talking to Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And it's true. Yeah. Because who is Jesus? Jesus yeah. is what? He's the visible image of the invisible that's God, it. right? That's it. So that, that's really cool. Yeah. And if you, you just got to study, you got to read it yourself yeah. and it's don't there. take my word for it, but you'll see it. If you slow down, you'll see it. You'll see that it's an actual person that he's talking to. So, all right, let's go on to st statement two. All right. There is for our galaxy only one sun, S-U-N, and it is the center of the center and the source of life. So there is but one God who is the center of all and the source of all life, John 1, 4. In 1 John 1, 5, it says, God is light, and wherever the light shines, it reveals humanity's weakness. Be the best moon. Oh, I wrote that down. Yeah. <laughs> I was drawing us back to that I mean, song Well, again. go ahead. Explain that song and kind of the point yeah, of it, because so it kind of reflects what this is saying. The, the song and it just kind of the basics of it is like, you know, hey, I, everybody out there wants to be somebody. He goes, you know, I want to be somebody too, but here's what I want to be. I want to be someone that reflects the light of Jesus. Yeah. So like in our solar system, we have the sun and, and, and the moon and the moon doesn't you know, it doesn't have its own light. It only reflects the light of the sun. And our job as Christians is to also reflect the light of the sun. It's spelled S-O-N, right? So that's kind of, that's what I get out of that song. That's the gist of the song. Our role, our job, are the, our greatest, the greatest thing that we can do is reflect the light of the sun. And, and yeah, amen. In darkness, we, we, we lack understanding. In darkness, we lack truth. In darkness, there's confusion. In darkness, there's pain. There's agony. And so when we don't know what is true, what is good, what is, what is light, then our lives are going to be in chaos. There's, there is not going to be harmony or anything. But Ephesians 5, 8 through 14 states, for you are once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists of in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the, what the disobedient do in secret. Hmm. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I just got a picture in my head, Pete. You know what happens? You know, you go into maybe a dark garage and you turn on the light and the cockroaches just scatter. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens, right? The evil, it can't, it can't be in the same, mm. the same vicinity of the light. It mm. just scatters. And I think that's what, uh, man, it's just a, it was kind of a gross picture I had in my head. Well, I <laughs> mean, and, and again, <laughs> 
how do we how do we get into the light? And the only way to enter into the light is through our broken, contrite spirit. It's through humility in ourselves. It's us positioning ourselves in God's presence. It's us doing the work that is needed so that we can worship Him wholly. And, and Satan will lie to us so that he'll say this, you know, being religious, that's the light. Yeah. And, and that's what we go back to these Pharisees that Jesus yeah. is talking to. They think they're doing everything that they can do. You know, they're they're the godly people. They're the ones that know yeah. it all. But they are in total darkness. They do not know Jesus. That's why we just we're going to get into it. He says, well, if you would if you know my father, then you would know me. Because you don't know the Father, you do not know me. And Jesus is telling so many people that are listening to this or so many people in the churches today, listen, it's not about the religion. Hmm. The religion sucks. The religion is what causes the problems. You have to get on your knees before the Lord of God mm. Almighty. Amen. You got to find peace. You have to find truth in him through surrender, through worship, through your, your, your adoration and thanksgiving unto him. You got to know him. And, and I, can, I can talk about him because I know him. I know who Jesus is. And uh, so many do not know him nor hear him. And so it breaks our heart and it broke Jesus's heart. Amen. And that's kind of what's going on. Amen. So, all right, let's go into statement all right. three. And so statement three, we're going to a little history here, Pete. So right. Jesus's I am statement here uh, was related to the Feast of Tabernacles. So during the feast, there was a huge candelabras, you know, those big old like chandeliers, yep. right? Yep. But I don't think they were plugged in. They oh, were they, just, were they were full on fire. Full on fire. Yeah. Uh, lit in the temple at night to remind the people of the pillar of fire that had guided Israel in the wilderness journey. So remember back in Moses' day, right? In fact, John has combined three wilderness images in his writings. His first was in John 6 when he talked about the manna, then in John 7, the water from the rock, and then the pillar of fire here in John 8. Yeah, Jesus was doing his best to help them understand that everything that happened to them was always about him. Uh, he was always bringing back. I mean, he talked about Moses in the last chapter, and he's always bringing back things that they fully grasp. OK, so he's he's talking their language, but he's talking in a spiritual way. And, and he's talking in a way that only the person that has been with the father would understand. And so he's he's telling them all the truth. They're shaking their head. They're hearing the words. And because, so, and, so for somebody that's maybe a new believer or something, so these Pharisees they knew this stuff backwards and forwards. Everything you memorized, said, everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he's basically saying, "Hey, listen, I'm going to use this time as he's pointing at this candle opera, as he's pointing at the light." He's using his time to explain to them the reason why you're doing that is because it's reflecting who I am. I have, I have, I have already given you this so that you can see me when I'm here. So good. This is, it's always been about me. And so I'm right now in front of you. I'm sharing this truth with you to say that I am it. I, I am the fulfillment of what you're doing. I am it. And if you knew my father, hmm. then you would know me also. But because you don't know my father, you do not know what I am saying is true. And, and it's breaking his heart. Yeah. And he's looking at that. It's the same thing with anybody that's in our world or in our life today. We're looking at them and we're saying, listen, here is the truth. It's right here. And they just cannot see it because they love darkness more than they want to have the light in their life. And, and it's, this, it's, it's what's happening. And so everything, if you, when a person comes to Jesus I've heard this many times and it has happened in my own life. When someone finally opens up and they bend their knee to Jesus and say, God, I want you in every aspect of my life. And then they look back on their life 
and they start seeing the hand of God all throughout their life. Yes. And they start recognizing, man, God has always been with me the whole time. <laughs> and it's, that's the same thing with the Israelites. That's the same thing with these, these Pharisees. I, he's, he's telling them, I've always been there. Yep. And I've always been pointing you back to me. And I can picture it. And you know, this is just my opinion, Pete, but I'm, I'm like trying to put myself there. Like I'm trying to just be in that scene. Right. And I can picture there's some people that are getting it. Some people like, oh, you know, and the light, you know, the light bulb goes off, so to speak. There's no light bulbs yet. But anyway, so they're getting it. But the ones that aren't getting it are getting angry. Oh, yeah. They're because they don't understand. So they're either getting it or they're getting angry. So it kind of like blows a, you know, I don't know, kind of blows that whole thing where, you know, well, Jesus was trying to get, you know, bring everybody together and kumbaya and all that. Like, no, this is a very divisive um, discussion he's having. Oh, yeah. So they're either going to get it or they're going to want to get him because of what he's saying. Yeah, I've I've had that in my own life when I don't understand something or things are confusing to me, I get a little agitated. Sure. And so that's kind of what's happening. And, And what Jesus tells us in those moments, you know, here's another life lesson lesson he gives us Life lesson. is is that we are to just surrender that unto him that, that we are to cast all of our cares all of our burdens unto him that we are to rest that we're to meditate on truth that we're going to worship him and love him and not get so agitated and seek the truth because what jesus is always telling us is listen you need to know me because if you know me i'm going to reveal the truth to you if you do not know the truth you're going to get agitated you're going to get upset but i'm never going to leave you i'm never going to forsake you i will always give you the truth you just have to know me. And if you know me, I'm going to reveal it to you. And these Pharisees are saying, no, we refuse to know you. We're going to get upset. We want to crucify you. And, and that's what happens. And that's the choices that we always have in our life. And people that are so caught up in darkness, there's sometimes no hope. They cannot see the light. Nope. They refuse. It's and good so, good all right. stuff. All right. Number four, to right. follow Jesus means to believe in him, to trust him. And the results are life and life for the believer. The unsaved are walking in darkness because they love darkness. We kind of already talked about that. One of the major messages in this gospel is that the spiritual light is now shining. Mm. But people cannot comprehend it, and they try to put it out. That's it. I mean, the world today that we know, I mean, we already talked about, uh, you know, the Roe versus way overturning. We talked about, you know, we didn't talk about the gun shooting that's happening in America all over. There's something happened in Copenhagen yesterday um, in Denmark, you know, open people open shot of, of shooting. I can't even talk, but there is so much evil. There's so much hate. There's so much darkness in this world. And, and I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. And this world needs light. Yes. This world needs Jesus more than it ever has. There's so much hopelessness. There's, there's anxiety, there's chaos, there's, there's confusion. And I'm telling you, Christian, if you're listening to this, ray, rise up now, get on your knees before the Lord, rise up and, and put on that full armor of God and get out into the world and profess the light of Christ. Love people, see, uh, uh, see the good in people and elevate them and love them and speak life into them because they need it. They're hopeless. They're hurting. Rise up, Christian. Rise up. Wow, that, that sounds like a song right there. <clears throat> Amen. Good stuff. All right. Statement five. Let's now turn our attention to verse 13, where the Pharisees say to Jesus, you are bearing witness about yourself and your testimony is not true. According to Jewish courts, a person could not bear witness of himself. But Jesus is saying that the light has to bear witness to itself. In darkness, you cannot see anything. But when light appears, even when it is far away, you can still see it. 
So Jesus is telling them that he is the light and they are in darkness and are blind to the light because they love darkness over light. So, I mean, we've been hitting this hard, but I mean, you've been into, I mean, we've been into those, we talked about the dark caves, right? Where you can't see anything. And then you turn on a light and you can all of a sudden see a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, if you are walking faithfully with Jesus and you're the person that says, hey, I spent time with God today and he talked to me. And I learned from him and I worshiped him and, and, you know, I'm, I'm in communion with God currently, then there's light in you. And so when you, when you see a situation and you see evil happening in front of you, you're immediately able to recognize it. You're immediately able to say, Hey, that is not right. You know, that whatever's taking place is not of God. It's not right. God does not want you to just not do anything. He doesn't want you to go hide underneath a bushel and not share the light. He wants you to be a force of reckoning. The light is in you. You have the truth. You have what is right, what is good. He wants you to proclaim that to the world. He wants you to share that truth to other people, not in uh, 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 evil or anger or bitterness, but in gentleness and in loving kindness in a way that's elevating, a way that's promoting peace a way that's promoting the goodness of God. He doesn't want us to shut up. He wants us to rise up and he wants revival within our hearts. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, we got to do more. I mean, this is a call to revival. It's a call to rise up. And uh, we are, my heart is breaking. Jesus's heart is breaking. He's looking at the world. He's looking at these Pharisees, these ones that are proclaiming that they know him. And he's saying, you do not know me. You're wanting the darkness over the light and you're breaking my heart. And then it says later on, as he comes off from Jericho and he's getting ready to go be crucified, he says, Jesus wept. Mm. He wept because he had so much compassion for his people that did not know him. The Messiah had came and they rejected him and it broke his heart. And that's what's happening today. Wow. So anyway, all right, let's move on. One of the key words in this section, Pete, of, uh, of this reading is the word witness. It is used seven times in this context. Jesus made it clear that their witness was not dependable because their judgment was faulty. They judged on the basis of, of externals where, uh, and it was just mere human judgment, but Jesus Jesus judged on the basis of spiritual knowledge. Yeah. Jesus knew the principle in Deuteronomy 17, 6, so that the testimony of two men was required to validate a judgment. Jesus had those two testimonies. He gave witness and so did his father. He knew that the witness of God is found in the word of God. John and his disciples were also witnesses of his testimony. And yet these experts of the law could not see the Messiah standing right in front of them. So it's, it's, it's absolutely incredible that here he is saying, Hey, listen, how does, how am I to be a witness? If I'm the light, how am I to be a witness? I'm, I'm the only witness because I'm the only light. So your darkness, you can't be a witness to yourself. No one's going to see you, but I am the light. So I have to be the witness myself, but it's not just me. My father himself has already said that. Yeah. And if they knew the testimony when he was baptized, that they, he said that, and remember the transfiguration, he says, you know, God says, this is my son who I'm well pleased. He's already testified verbally to people. Lots of people have heard this. Lots of people can already say that. And then not only that, the disciples that have been with him every single day have watched the miracle after miracle after miracle, have watched supernatural things happen from this man. That is a testimony to what the prophets said in the past. 
And they can testify and say, yes, everything that the prophets have said in the past, we have seen come true with Jesus. We witness, we are a witness and a testimony to what he says is true. That's right. He, he didn't say he was a light. He said he was the light yeah. to the world, right? Yeah. Well, Isaiah 43, 10 says, you are my witness, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. Hmm. So here's Isaiah 43. These, these, this, these Pharisees know this verse. Right. And he's basically telling them exactly that. And then in Acts 1.8, we know this verse. It's very famous, but it says, but you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We have a responsibility, Christian to be the witness, to be the light to every part of this world. We need to rise up. I mean, maybe that's our title here. It's, it's something that God is calling all of us to do. If Jesus has touched your life, if he's transformed you, if he's made you new, if he's cleansed you of unrighteousness, if he's touched your, your calamities, if he's healed your mind, if he's done anything like that, that is your testimony and you are a witness to him. This little light of mine. I'm gonna... Anyway, if you notice, Jesus never really answers the Pharisees' questions, Pete. I know. <laughs> Where is the Father? The word Father is used 21 times in this passage. Eight. What? Seven times three. Is 21. I'm... Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The word Ooh, Father. Look that? at you go. Your little, little math trivia there. <laughs> I like it. And that was quick. I'm impressed. <laughs> but Jesus did not avoid the issue. He faced it. Uh, head on and honestly, yeah. he knew that their father was not God, but the devil. Ooh, that's rough, right? But true. These men were religious. And what do we say about religion? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. And yet they were children of the devil. In our next show, we'll cover more about how the Pharisees are the devil. But before we get there, let's continue on in John 8, 21 through 30. Well, we will talk about it next in our next show because yeah, yeah. Jesus actually calls him the devil. He actually tells him straight up, "Hey, you're the father yeah, so of the devil." So don't be too hard on Pete and I. You know, we're, yeah. Jesus said it first. Yeah, he's coming. We're, in. we're just repeating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's continue reading. Verse twenty one. So he said to them again, again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where am I? Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, "Will he kill himself?" Since he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. And he said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said, they still don't get it, Pete. Who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have, I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world that I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, foreshadowing, then you will know that I am he. And that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father has taught me. And he, he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And I love this, Pete. It says, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. Mm, I love it. And many departed, but yes, amen. So remember back in um, John seven thirty four when Jesus told his disciples that he was leaving them? 
So here again, he's he's telling them, he's sharing it with the people. Actually, he's telling them everybody now. Uh, but again, the Jews misunderstood what he was saying. Jesus warned them and and that he would be leaving them and that they would not be able to follow them. He told Nicodemus this too in John three. Yeah, I mean, he was telling them the same thing there. He's it's like, like he's, I will be lifted up on a pole. It's almost like the very when his ministry started, he kept telling them, "Listen, guys, I'm going to be leaving you. Don't get too attached. Know what I'm teaching you. Listen to what I'm teaching you. But one day, I'm going to be leaving you, and many of you are not going to be able to follow me. Some hmm. will, but many aren't." And so he's telling the Pharisees that, and they're going, what are you talking about? Yeah, we're the religious. Who, who are you? We are the leaders. Who are you? You <laughs> weird, weird, crazy man. I mean, that's what they're seeing. Oh, so they, they thought he was planning to kill himself. The Jews, the Jews were taught to honor all life. So they were against abortion, I would, I would guess. Uh, but maybe not. I don't know. There's, that's crazy over there, some of their atheistic kind of ways. But they believed in Jesus were to commit suicide. He would go to a place of judgment. And this is why many could not follow him. So there was a lot. They were saying, no way. This, is, this teaching is too much. And so many would turn from him because he's talking crazy stuff. And so they just couldn't understand it because they didn't see the totality of what he was saying. They were blind to the truth that he believe in him, then you can follow him. If you don't believe him, then you're going to live in hell for all eternity. Oof. So, all right. All right. Uh, statement eight. In reality, the opposite was true. It was the Jews who were going to the place of judgment. So yep. they, they were thinking Jesus was, but no, Jesus was returning to his father in heaven and nobody can go there who has not first trusted in the savior. So it's like Pete, our default is our, our default is not heaven, right? Right. Our default is judgment. Yep. Uh, the reason Jesus and Jewish leaders were going to different destinations was because they had different origins. Yep. Jesus came from heaven, but they belonged to the earth. I mean, that's, that's it. So once we give our life to Jesus, we've become, as we uh, remember a while back, we studied in Colossians, we take on a new ownership. We are completely, you know, transformed into a new person, a new kingdom. We're grafted so, in, right? That's it. So we're, we, uh, we now are Jesus's. We are now uh, part of the heaven. Um, we are now associated with him. We now absent from the body are present with him. Um, and so if we believe in Jesus, that is the promises that we get. Jesus is telling them here that this is the promise that you're going to get. But if you don't believe in me, if you don't surrender to me, then you're not going to get this, you know? And so that's what he's saying. Remember in John 17, 14 through 16, he says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the, not of the world, even as I am not of it. So anybody that believes in Jesus, you are clarified as Jesus says here that you are not of this world. You are, you are the second Corinthians five seventeen. you are new creations. Old things have passed away. Behold, now all things are made new in Christ Jesus. And so Jesus is trying to tell him, listen, guys, I'm giving you an opportunity right now. I know you're in darkness. I know you love the darkness. I am being patient with you because I can smoke you right now. <laughs> I can send a legion of angels down and wipe you clean. It's true. But I am choosing not to. And I'm choosing to love you. I'm choosing to be patient with you. I am long suffering with you. I am continuing to talk with you. I'm continuing to prove my point over and over and over again to you. But you refuse still to believe and to listen to what I'm saying. And I'm telling you one last time, I am going to the Father and you too can come to the Father, but you must believe in me. 
and you must surrender your life to me. And if you do not, you cannot follow me to the Father. It's like he was offering him the golden ticket. I just say that because my favorite, you know, one of my favorite uh, movie characters of all time is Charlie Bucket. Yeah. You know who that is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was yeah. on the other night and I had to watch it for a little bit. So, Peter, it sounds like you're saying that the true believer has a citizen, citizenship in heaven. That's it. His affection and attention are fixed heavenward, but the unsaved belong still to this world. Yeah. In fact, Jesus called them the children of this world. In Luke 16, 8, um, or in, that's what he says in Luke 16, 8, since yeah. they have not trusted Christ and have their sins forgiven, their reality is only to die in their sin. I mean, he, he could not have said it any more clear. Yeah. I mean, he said it as clearly as it is. He says, listen, religious leader that knows everything about the Bible, but don't, you know, know the father, you're going to die in your sin. And, and unless you know me, unless you come unto me, you're going to die in your sin. And, and that's what he's saying. There's no ifs, ends, or buts about it. The Christian dies in the Lord because he lives in the Lord. But the unbeliever dies in his sins because he lives in his sins. Let me say that again. The Christian dies in the Lord because he lives in the Lord. But the unbeliever dies in his sin because he lives in his sin. Yeah. I mean, John even says this, John 3, 18 kind of says the same thing. He says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. So, I mean, just it's saying the same thing, right? That's it. All right. Moving on. It's incredible that the religious leaders asked Jesus who he is in verse 25. That's cracked me up. He had just given them evidence that he is the son of God, and yet they had deliberately rejected the evidence. Jesus's reply was, I am exactly what I have said. In other words, why should I teach you a new thing or give you any more proof when you have not honestly considered the witness that I have already given you? It's like, again, the testimony was if they would have just done research, people would have told him, told them that, yes, a voice from heaven spoke when he was baptized. You know, if they would have just done research, they would have found that, yes, he was actually born in Bethlehem, right? It's if, like they didn't want to know the no. truth. They wanted their truth. All of it was right yeah. there in front of them. Yeah. All of it was right there. It was all the evidence was there. If they would have just just went to all the different disciples. Remember when Jesus told the John the Baptist says, what do you see? Tell him what you see. John the Baptist knew the word of God. The These Pharisees know it. What do they see? All they had to do was ask and they did not. They did not. Wow. And so it's it's they had their minds already made up. And if your mind is already made up and you 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 can it's it's almost impossible for you to really hear the truth. Man, we see that today, 2000 years later, Pete, we see it everywhere. Social media and people just already have their minds made up. But but also in the Christian community. Amen. We have to be very careful to be broken in God's presence and let him reveal truth. Very true. Do not fall to what your friend said is true or what you, the the news says is true. You know, I just read a, I was on new social media and it was talking about, um, um, it was talking about a new study that came out that uh, all these players are mad at their coaches because the coach, the, they were always told them that when they get really tired, that they're supposed to put their hands above their, their, their shoulders to help themselves breathe after they're doing. And that leaning on your knees is not the best thing, but new study says that no leaning on your knees actually opens up your airways better than put your hands above your head. And, and I said, well, that's pretty cool. But then I looked for that study and I couldn't find the study in the post. And so immediately my mind went, well, do I believe this? <laughs> it's a credible post. It looks good, but I don't see the study. 
And I wasn't able to fact check and I wasn't able to see that. So people can get so caught up in believing what they're reading, but not, but it might not be the truth. I don't know if it's truth. I couldn't verify the truth, but I can verify the word of God. These Pharisees could verify the facts about Jesus. They can verify that it's right there, but they chose not to. And, and the same with us, we have to be very careful not to get our minds made up on something that's outside of what Jesus is saying. We have to know him intimately. He will, the truth will always set us free from anything that we're in if we just know him. All right, let's go on. All right. Um, in verse 26, Jesus again claims to be deity when he says, I declare to the world uh, what I have heard from the father. Jesus had told them over and over again, and I and the father are one. What I say is what my father says. How did the Jews respond to this claim in verse 27? They said, we do not understand what you are speaking about. (laughs) Again, it goes to what you were just saying. They already had their minds made up. The facts didn't matter. They had all the knowledge they needed to to get to the right answer here. All they had to do is ask the right questions, but their minds were already made up. I just pray everybody that's listening to this, including ourselves, we hear this that we, the truth is right there in front of us, getting your word of God, spend time with him, know the word of God, know the truth, talk to Jesus, cast all of your cares to him, because he is the author and finisher of your life. He is uh, all things that you need in order to make it today, because without it, you're toast, man. This world is going to confuse you. This world is going to deceive you. This world is going to try to hurt you. It's going to bring destruction on you and all the above. Only Jesus is going to set you free in that. Luke 10, 21 says, at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you have pleased to do. And so what Jesus is saying is if we're wise and smart and think we know it all, mm. you're not going to know anything that Jesus says. You're going to have to come as a little child to hear him. Amen. Verse right. 28, Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he. Jesus is predicting his death on the cross here. The words lifted up actually has a dual meaning. It could read lifted up in crucifixion and lifted up in exaltation and glorification. Jesus often combined the two. For he saw his crucifixion in the terms of glory and not just suffering. Yeah, I, I looked those up. So, I mean, in John 12, 23, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man is to be glorified. So, again, that's what this is referencing as far as lifted up. When he, uh, in John 13, 31, it says, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. Um, we don't get glorification until we die. So the glorification happens once we come present with God. So he's basically saying he's going to die on the cross. He's going to be glorified. He's going to be with with the father. And so he's already predicting that ahead of time. So it's like, you know, he's not only that, he's a prophet, too. So, I mean, he's just sitting there telling him, this is what's going to (laughs) happen. Hello. It helps that your creator of the universe kind of knows what's going to happen. Yeah, a little bit. All right. So the last two verses of our text today are 29 and 30. And in those verses, Jesus makes two more stupendous claims. Not only was he sent by the father, but the father was with him. I love that word stupendous, by the way. Stupendous, yeah. That's a stupendous word. That's an awesome word. Stupendous. No, it's better than awesome. Stupendous, man. (laughs) I love it. Anyway. 
Anyway, not only was he sent by the father, but the father was with him because he always did what pleased the father. Amen. Man, I wish I could do that. That was stupendous. That would be stupendous. No doubt. His enemies reacted violently to these words. They got bitter again, Pete. Yeah. Uh, um, But some of the listeners put their faith in him. And that's that's the key. That is stupendous. And that's, that's verse 30, which, you know, even as we're reading that, I'm like, wow, so good. So good. Well, I mean, back to what Jesus said, he, he basically, he, I do what my, I pleases my father. Um, you know, when we wake up in the morning, are we thinking about how we're going to make money, how we're going to get ahead in life, our next vacation? Are we thinking about how we're going to please ourselves? You know, are we, what are we thinking about? Yes. All those things. It, I mean, that's the, that's the point. It's, it's the reality is Jesus is saying that everything that he does every way that he thinks it's to please the father. And he understands that the only way for us and for himself to be able to overcome the world is that needs to be the priority of our life. If that is not the priority of our life, it is absolutely impossible for us to overcome this world Hmm. because we will get caught up in the world. The world will deceive us and the world will cause us to want to love darkness more than light. And so Jesus understood, I am the father of one, and you can be one with me if you just be in the father. And the more that we're in the father, the more the light is in us. And the more that the light is in us, the more that we want to please him. But the the reality of it is we all suck. We all fall short. We all are messed up. And if you cannot see that, and if you cannot compare yourself in the light of Christ, stop, stop comparing yourself to other Christians. Stop it. Stop it because we're all messed up. Big mistake. But if you look at Jesus and you look at your life in the light of him and his holiness and his perfection, you will see that there's a lot of darkness in you. You will see that there's a lot of ugliness in you and that you are in desperate need of a savior. You're in desperate need of this light. And Jesus says, I give it freely to you because of what I did, because of my resurrection, because of everything that I did, I want to give you this light. I want to give you this forgiveness. I want to give you grace and mercy. I want to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. I want to make you whole. I want to restore you. And and he gives that to you. But if you can't come to terms and recognize that you're in need of it, then what good is it? But we have to understand that what Jesus is telling the Pharisees is saying, listen, bend your knee, Pharisee. Stop with this religious stupidity that you're going through. I'm giving you hope now. I'm giving you an opportunity now, and you could do it. Salvation is a matter of life or death. People who live in their sins and reject the Savior must die in their sins. There is no alternative. I don't care what anybody else says. That is what the truth says. We either receive salvation by grace or experience condemnation under God's law. We either choose to walk in the light and have eternal life, or we choose to stay blinded, walk in darkness, and experience eternal death. This is the message God gave to the religious leaders, and this is the message that he's given us today. So I pray that if you heard this message, we were passionate today. We, we were, you know, we were calling us out to rise up. We were, call, we were challenging us to, to bring revival. Lord, get on our knees. It starts, revival starts with you. It starts with you bending your knee. It starts with you crying out to the Lord. It starts with you saying, God, I need you as my savior. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of it. I turn from my wicked ways. I believe that what you say is true. 
I want to know the Father as you have taught us to know the Father. I want to come into relationship with you. I want to be intimate with you. I want to know you as you are known and, uh, and as you know me. And so if that's you, you could just pray it in your heart. You could just say, God, forgive me of my sins today. I repent. Today, I choose to walk in fellowship with you. Today, I choose to live my life according to what pleases you. I choose to think of you. I choose to walk as you want me to walk. I choose to humble my life. I choose to pick up my cross and follow you in all of my days. And the Bible says, if that is you, and that's what you cried out in your heart, that every angel in heaven rejoice, that they're having a party right now. And he's telling you right now, and he's saying, well done, good and faithful servant, right choice. Now you can have fellowship. Now you can be a light to the darkness. Now you can give, have purpose and you have reason for living. You can go into the world and you can share his truth and share his love with these people that are hurting. Bob, if they gave their life to the Lord, what something that they can do? Well, first of all, Pete, I would, I would say congratulations. Amen. And you, you, you have started a new journey. And I would ask you, you would just share it with us. Share it with somebody, but share it with us as well. We would love to hear about it. There's lots of ways you can do that. You can go to our website and uh, share it that way. You can go to our Facebook page. Uh, everything is at the Riot Podcast. Our website is riotpodcast.co.co. And uh, our YouTube channel, you can go there and catch, uh, you can actually see what Mac Daddy Pete Robertson looks like in person. <laughs> so if you're just listening to uh, the podcast, uh, you know, just the audio, check out the YouTube page one time and, and you can see what these crazy guys look like. And while you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the alert button. So you'll know each and every time we release a new episode, which is usually on Thursday. So yeah. look for it, look for it on Thursdays. So man, it's been a great show, Pete. My, my encouragement to myself and to our listeners is to be the moon, right? Mm. Reflect the light of the sun this mm. week while you're out and about whatever you do, um, your job, whatever you do for a living is a, is a platform for you to shine yeah. the Amen. light of Christ. Amen. So be the moon this week. I cannot wait till we get together again next week, Pete. Yeah. You and Christine have an amazing beach weekend. Amen. You deserve some time away, collect some seashells. And I can't wait to hear the stories about what God does and who he puts in, in your path over this weekend. God bless you. May God the bless. Lord bless you. Keep you guys. All right. Have a great week. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.